Welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. Hey, and I'm Brian. And this is the Bible Bistro. I thought you already said that. I did. I did. Okay. I hey, did. you know what? This is episode 85. It is. And it's one. I have a question for you. You know what our last one was? 84. What will our next one be? Here's a question for you. This is kind of an off the wall question. You know, we never prepare these things ahead of time. We I, never, because we never talk ahead of time. I like to kind of hit you with these things. So we had season one. Season one, yes. And then now we're in season two. two. When when do we start season three? Uh, whenever we return after our... Oh, after Advent. We have an Advent break. We, we, right. we have an ad, a, a post-Advent break. Yeah, post-Advent break. You know, we... Okay. The lead up to the birth is pretty important. As long as you've got a plan. I just, I didn't know what the plan was. <laughs> Again, this is the only time we speak to each other. That's so true. once we get done with Advent, okay, we will take a, a an extended break. Sabbatical. Sabbatical of sorts. Right. And then we'll start season three. Okay. And it's going to be, we're going after it. We're, we've got some, right. we've talked about some guests yeah. that yeah. we're going to be reaching out to. Maybe uh, some, you know, like Emmy Award winners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are we saying? I don't even know what we're saying. So, yeah, we got some guests lined up and we've got some ideas and we've got some different content we're talking about yeah. uh, putting what together. Uh, what's that? What are you talking about there? Oh, well, we're just, we were just talking about like some video content. Oh, some video content, yeah. Yeah, so we're talking about some video content. It's maybe for... Uh, more than just YouTube. So. More than just YouTube. Right. Yeah, some, uh, you know, some high quality <laughs> video content uh, well, that anyway. you can use. So anyway, so that's what's going on. And we're here in episode 85. Yeah, and so we're... We're talking today about a question you brought up. You, yeah, so, you, you kind of had this question. I thought it was a good question. Yeah, so we finished last week's episode. Again, yeah. context. We always talk about context. Yeah. And while we were in the midst of that conversation, I said, hey, uh, let me talk to you. Because I said, I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Because I've been... Right. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of verses that sometimes I feel like we just throw into a lexicon of verses we just right. keep coming back to. Right, that's true. Kind of kind of the ones that we, you know, front to mind and we quote yeah, frequently. Quote. Kind of, and yeah. so uh, I was reading through Philippians yeah. recently, and uh, one of those was in the first chapter of Philippians, and it was talking okay. about the, you know, uh, that the he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion oh, until the day of yeah. Christ Jesus. And... um. How I, you know, I read all of Philippians sure. and I'm like, how I've heard this talked about, or right. like even some of the commentaries I'm reading and the context that I'm seeing this in just feels like it was kind of at a fight with each other. And so I wanted to get your perspective mm, okay. on how you interpreted in right. the context, um, what, what was happening there right. in Philippians. Well, you brought that up and it made me think of another kind of contra controversial, maybe a bit too strong, but a, a passage that people have questions about that's in the next chapter of Philippians. And I think these two are actually kind of related. Um, so let, let's talk about that. Philippians one. And that's actually, in the, believe it or not, that's in the Thanksgiving section of that letter. We'll say some more about that. And then, yeah. and then in the body letter in, in chapter two, I think we have a related verse that one about uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling so. yeah so i mean the, the way that i have <clears throat> some of the commentaries now not all sure. the commentaries yeah. agree on this some of them uh, take this to be about um like a sanctification or, or, or salvation a salvation statement for an, right. an individual like um once you know once you've got some kind of symbol you you're always in you know what i mean like the sure. salvation thing well, and yeah. for me as i read it the context made me feel like I'm not sure that it's okay. going to that. Well, and so, so let's use a rules Royce time. Let's talk about a historical context and some literary context. I'm going to talk about the genre uh -huh. because it's a letter and, and letters follows particular forms. And so, so there'll be some good things to think about in this. I, I think what you're talking about here is, is actually a, it leads toward a bigger question. <laughs> I always say there's only about four things that I say. I just say it over and over in different ways. <laughs> and and when you when you raise this question, I thought, well, there's going to be three of these things. Three of the four things that I actually talk about are, will be in here. <laughs> so let's go Perfect. ahead and read that passage. Read uh, uh, Philippians chapter one, verses three through six. Actually, go ahead and read. Uh, let's go crazy. Read verses one and two first. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is so. This is so. Paul is writing here a letter to the church in Philippi. Mm -hmm. Paul is in prison, mm -hmm. and and he's writing back to this church in in Philippi. And, and so verses one and two. Whenever we have a letter, uh, the Paul's letters follow an ancient 
the ancient letter form, you always begin with the senders and the recipients. And that's what we have here in Philippians 1. So go ahead and, and read just those two verses for me, if you would. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's interesting. We, I would say we, we call these Pauline epistles, but it's interesting. He, there's two co-senders here, right? Paul, Paul and, and Timothy. Timothy. Yep. Timothy was was present when when the, the church in Philippi uh, when, when, well, when the, I'll say that when the gospel first came to Philippi, uh, and you might remember the ways that this happened, the Philippian jailer was, was one oh, of the yes. early, uh, you know, the book of Acts tells us some of the context. It's an interesting story, but, but we're not going to spend too much time on that, but, but Paul, Paul and Timothy are mentioned as sinners. And then the saints here are the holy ones, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some translation are going to say saints there. Um, the holy ones at Philippi is who, who's being addressed. And then he always uses this grace and peace to you. It's just kind of a, a common greeting, Kairos kairene in, in Greek. Uh, it, I would say that because it's kairine was the standard greeting, kind of like greetings and he he paul kind of christianizes it say charis grace kai and irene peace grace and peace to you so it's kind of a play on words there that he does okay so that's the introduction in an ancient epistle then what you normally had next was what's called a thanksgiving and a lot of times in an ancient letter if you if you just read which i have done and this is probably one of the well there's been a lot of geeky things I've done in my life, but I've read lots of ancient letters. Uh, I'll, I should bring some in and read them sometime. I haven't done that. But but the Thanksgiving section, a lot of times there's only one line, but it was kind of in the same way. We, we do the same thing. We have conventions that we use in our letter writing, mm-hmm. right? You say, for example, dear so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and the funny thing is you say that to people. You, you they're, not, they're not dear to they're me. They're not dear to you. Dear debt collector. <laughs> <laughs> you know, comma, and, and then, but it's it's a convention, right? Mm-hmm. And we put the date. You know, that's how we learned to do it in school, anyway. And then, uh, you know, that's back when we used to write letters, write letters not by text hand. To email. But uh, you know, then we'll close with some like sincerely. It's like, okay, you know, are you really being sincere? <laughs> you know? But yeah. those are conventions, right? Those those are just conventions, and it's the same way. Thanksgiving. A lot of times, I I give thanks to the gods on your behalf, or you know. Uh, something general like this. So the passage you're asking about is a part of the Thanksgiving section of this letter. Mm -hmm. So Paul begins with a greeting, Thanksgiving. Now uh, I'll say this about Paul is he expanded these. These are a a typical ancient epistle is usually about size in our, in our new Testament, second, third John are the closest we have to like typical size of Classic. epistles. Yeah. Just very short, usually one piece of papyri, um, you know, Paul makes these much longer, right? So the Thanksgiving section is longer. So go ahead and read now verses three through six. I think I want you to read. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So this is, um, you know, a standard Thanksgiving section. And a lot of times Paul will introduce some of his themes. Um, you may have heard this before. What would you have you, you know what this kind of one of the themes of Philippians is or how, what, what are Thanksgiving, like Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving or joy. Uh-huh. Uh, so he says, I pray with joy here in verse four. So he introduces that kind of a theme. Uh, so he says, because of your partnership in the gospel. Now Paul's writing cause he's in prison and I think he's a little bit concerned that people are going to think, well, if Paul's in prison, what does this mean for the what does this mean about the gospel? His teaching, what he taught uh-huh. us, you know, does this mean, and Paul's main thing to say to them is, Hey, the gospel's not hindered by my chains. You know, the gospel's going on. And even in this, I'm rejoicing because I feel like God is using me for the purpose for which he has me. In other words, joy isn't dependent on uh, the external circumstance. It, it's, it has to do with a deep-seated sense of doing what God has called me to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, I, I would say, if I was going to summarize just in one sentence. <laughs> no, that, and, that, and that's the end of Philippians. I can do all things. I, yeah, Exactly. All these, yeah, whether in hardship or, you know, with, mm-hmm. you know all these things I can do. Um, uh, so, so, you know, that's kind of the whole point that he's writing this letter. So here he talks about the the partnership in the gospel, and so, and so, in other words, this is something that is done together. Now, you, one of your concerns is this idea: is this an individual? Is is this a a corporate kind of thing? And here's, I think, our first hint that this is leading toward a corporate kind of thing. 
mm-hmm. your partnership in the gospel. I'm going to come back and say something else about that in just a minute. From the first day until now. Now, what do you, what do you think the first day would be? What would that have a reference to? Uh, when they were given the shared the gospel. Okay, so so if you remember that first day that I came to you and preached the gospel, and you you know you received this message, until this very day, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you you've been partners, and then he says in verse six, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you. So what what would be the beginning of that good work? Do you think? It'd be kind of that first day, yeah, right? yeah. Like so, where they're they started being changed, sanctification, okay. like and, a, well, yeah, yeah, and and until until the you know the day of completion in Christ Jesus. So so don't be concerned if I'm in prison because what was begun when I first preached the gospel to you, I'm confident that God is going to continue to work in that in order to bring it about until not until the present, but until. Jesus returns. Exactly. And so so that's the primary message. Again, it's a Thanksgiving section. So we need to take it, you know, kind of for what it is. It's 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 basically saying, uh, you know, I'm thankful to God because I, I have every confidence, even though I'm in prison, I have every confidence that when I brought the gospel to you, God is going to carry that work on until until it is complete. That's that's the primary message. Now, I said there's basically three things, four things that I say, and I'm going to say three of them today. One of them is this. so. Here's a problem with reading the Bible in English. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. We, we got to get throughout English. And, and I don't mean I don't mean this in, in necessarily. I'm not trying to make it some kind of special, you know, I I always want to be careful when I talk about Greek or Hebrew, the original language. I'm not trying to make it some kind of esoteric thing that, that, you know, you have to have some kind of special Special knowledge or Gnosticism or something. That's not what I'm trying to say, but there's a way in which we're, our language conditions us in in certain ways. Here's the big problem with English when it comes to reading the Bible (laughs) Okay, In, in, in most of our modern translations. Actually, the one exception to this is the King James Version, which is ironic. But in English, so where do we go with this? When it comes to so, – so let's do, some, let's do some English grammar. I mean, what else we got to do? Um, in, in English, we have first person, second person, and third person pronouns. Okay, a first person pronoun, first person singular pronoun is what? stop just <laughs> so first person is is i okay and second person is you and then third person is them okay now in first person third person it's very clear when we're talking singular plural so if i say you said i but if i say you <laughs> no i'm them. saying you and me would uh, be we we okay so I, I I am talking right now, and Ryan is being still, but <laughs> but we are making this podcast. Both of those are first person. One is singular. One, and one is, is plural. plural. Okay. Let's talk about third person when we're talking about other people. Uh, if you're talking about your wife, your lovely wife, mm-hmm. Lauren, who's not here to wait on us uh, as normal, which we miss. Miss, <laughs> miss you, Lauren. Um <laughs> You'll say, you'll yeah. say, if, if you're saying, using a pronoun to say, Lauren is going to bring us coffee, you would say, she, she is going to bring us coffee. Now, if it's Lauren and your kids who are going to do it, you would say, they, so that's all it is. So it's pronouns, right? Yeah. First person singular is I, first person plural is we, mm-hmm. third person singular is he or she or it, mm-hmm. we can have or in in plural it's they okay that's the way english, english works. works now here's a problem second person pronouns we use the same word for singular or plural you you um so if i say to you to to ryan you do this uh if i were speaking to you and lauren i would say you in proper english now some of our this is the or y'all all y'all you know all y'all. so so um you know some of our dialects have taken care of this um uh, um I, I used to live in cincinnati and there's use 
right. They also do chili with spaghetti noodles. Right. So things you, usually, are right. Usually things was right at there. a Skyline Chili when I was there. Uh, by the way, Skyline, if you want to sponsor us. Uh, but, but it was, I might learn to like you if you sponsor us. <laughs> But but if they come to your table, it's like, would you like a chili? Or if it was me and my wife sitting there, say, oh, what can I get used? Right. So so it, it, it's a problem. We we we've done away with having the now. King James used to have um, you and thou, right? Uh, ye and thee. Um, so so we have these different these different ways of doing it. But but in English today, we use it you second person. Both single plural. Now, here's the problem when it comes to Paul's letters. A lot of times, he's addressing someone, mm-hmm. and in English, whether he's addressing one person or several, we use the same word. So, sorry, my thing dinged. <laughs> so, here's what it says. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read this back. This is verses three through six again. So, I thank my God every time I remember all of you. Mm-hmm. See, he's writing to the church in Philippi. Mm -hmm. He's not saying that I remember you, Ryan, or you, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, what's the guy's name in Philippi? You, Mr. Jailer, right? He's saying, saying, I remember all of you in all my prayers for, and here it says, all of you. I always pray with joy because of all y'alls, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this. Now, this is where we, we mess up, right? Okay. That he who began a good work in all, all of you, of you mm-hmm. will carry it on a completion date until the day of Christ Jesus. So here's one of the things that I jump up and down on. This is the problem with reading the Bible only in English and not thinking about this is many times when we're reading this devotionally and we're thinking about this, you directed at me, at me when it's actually corporate, all y'all. Okay, that what be, so so now now and here's the other problem. I know I I understand this when I when I try to really emphasize the the original context and the original language. It's kind of thing. people are like, well, it doesn't speak to us. Then not at all. It's it's that we have to understand it properly within its original context in order to understand the application for us. Right. So so in this way, I think what Paul's saying to the Philippians. No matter what the hardships that we face, I'm confident that what God began when the gospel first came to the to to you and you became the church at Philippi that I'm now addressing all the saints, right? All the holy ones at at, at, at Philippi, which he just addressed in verse two, right? That's who mm-hmm. it's addressed to. That that what God began in you, He's going to carry on. It's it's going to be it's going to be completed, right? And, and, yeah. So, so what? Do you, I, I guess my question is, what do you see as the work here? Okay. You know, Let, we'll, get, um, we'll get to that. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to yeah. jump up and down on this idea of the, the plural. That, this, that, okay. that Paul is talking to the community. That we what, often, what he what he sees the community participating. Whatever this is, we're going to get to the good yeah. work. That whatever participation they're a part of, that he sees this as a continuing for them collectively participating in until the day of Christ. We Jesus. often take it singular when it's really talking about the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. This is something, and, and there's all, I can give you all kinds, we, we mess up. Mm-hmm. We, we make all kinds of bad theological assumptions and theological decisions when we think about this as singular rather than plural. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, we think of salvation as singular and not a plural exactly thing. okay and you see now you're getting to my second thing i'm gonna talk Uh-oh, about oh so, sorry sorry but let's get to this other passage first and, and just i'm so that so there's three things we're going to talk about first is how does this pronoun stuff and not having a good grasp of you know english pronouns and the way that they work how does it mess us up and there's mm-hmm. all i i can i can't tell you the number of different passages that we would read differently if we had uh, a different pronoun for for the plural than we have for the singular, right? Mm-hmm. So look at this other passage that I think is related. This is in so we talked about the 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 letter. So you have the greeting, you have the thanksgiving, and then you have the body of the letter. And the body of the letters where you really get down to what you're wanting to talk about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times with Paul. Uh, not always, but a lot of times with Paul, the very first thing he talks about is kind of his major reason for writing. Sometimes he saves for the very end, kind of a major emphasis that he wants to place, a lot of times an encouragement. And then you have a conclusion. Basically, there's four parts to an ancient epistle, greeting, thanksgiving, body, and conclusion. And, and so so we're in the body of the letter now. Now, here's where we, even 
the difference between a Thanksgiving section and a, and a body, Thanksgiving section is, again, kind of those conventions that you're using. Now, what Paul says is true here, but it's not. It's, it's not the meat. It, and it's not kind of the, the yeah, it's not the primary, uh, I don't say it's exhortations and this kind of thing. You know, so I think he's giving them encouragement. I thank God, uh, you know, and it's right that I do this. And 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 here's why, because, I, you know, from the first day until now, you've been my partner. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is more kind of just the introduction saying, saying God is going to continue to work in you all, even if I'm in prison. Even if you guys go to prison, God's going to continue to bring this about to, to fruition, you know, to, to its, and even completion here may be the wrong word, but 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 to its desired end right mm-hmm. to 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 the to the purpose for which he's he's called you this is this is going to come about we can have confidence in this that's that's what he's saying now let's look at this other passage this is in in chapter 2 verses 12 through 13 go ahead and read that for us too if you don't mind uh, therefore my dear friends as you have always obeyed not only in my presence but now much more in my absence continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is god who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose okay. So this is a passage that I remember when I was a kid, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And there's a couple of different ways of looking at this. And, and, you know, the big thing was this idea that we're always kind of afraid that, you know, our salvation may not be worked out. Now, you said something about thinking about our salvation as singular rather than plural. Let's, let's go back and read verses 12 and 13 again. Therefore, my dear friends, plural, as you all, again, he's he's addressing the church in in Philippi. As you all have obeyed, not only my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue, you know, keep doing what you're doing in order to work out. And this does have the idea of work to it. the 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 very basic word of work uh, it has a it has a. Uh, uh, a prepositional prefix on it. Uh, this idea kind of emphasizes this idea of work, you know, work out greatly. Your plural, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. All y'all's salvation with fear and trembling, right? And, and that brings us to to the second of the th- four things that I talk about, and that's what do we really mean when we're talking about salvation? We'll come back to that in a minute, but let let's finish this. So so work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And this is, gives us a hint toward that second question, for it is God who works in you all, right, mm-hmm. together, I think, to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now, I, I see lots of similarities between this and that Thanksgiving section that you're asking me about. Because you mm-hmm. said, well, what does it mean that he's working it out? What, what does it say here? It says, it says he's work, God is working in all of you, the, the Philippian Christians, in order to fulfill his good purpose. It, I have confidence that he's going to bring this to completion in Christ Jesus, right? So, so here's this idea that continue, and, and he's not saying this is something you haven't been doing, but continue to work out your salvation. Now, so, so the so the first thing I'm jumping up and down on is this idea we often think in in singular terms when we should be thinking in plural terms. Mm-hmm. And it, it I, I tell you, when you begin to think in these ways, it changes your understanding of so many scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's healthier. You've talked about this in terms of worship songs before. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you want to say something yeah, about yeah. that? Yeah. So th- th- there's been. Um, I, so we've been reading, we've referenced this book before, yeah. uh, Charles Taylor, Secular Age. And it yeah. talks about, you know, in the past, it, you know, worship was so much more communal. Like right. li- everything was communal. And as you look back in the first century, it's all about the community together. And in worship music, um, and this has been something that's kind of eaten at me for a little bit. Like it's all so eye focused. It's all sure. individual focused. And um, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I can't, can't quite explain it, but I just, uh, as I, I'm singing some of these songs. I'm like, man, if we change this to plural, the meaning is so, is so much more meaningful, at least, you know, like for me, it's, so there's a song that I, I really like the song. It's called same God. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, I'm calling on the God of Jacob. And it's kind of this whole story of the God through the old Testament into the new Testament, his faithfulness. And I'm like, Man, if we change this song to "we," we're calling on the God of Jacob. Yeah, you know, so and, I am calling on. Yeah, yeah. and it's you know, it's your faithfulness to all of us. 
you know, and I'm thinking about, you know, uh, how important is our community and our sure. churches and yeah. community and like, what if we changed all these songs to we like right. it, it? Well, it, it, it changes the message. Yeah. And I think it, it, it places us within the community of God yep. and it strengthens the community of God as well. Cause we're not singing as individuals that just happen to be in the same building. Sure. We are singing as the, as the people of God. And so I think that's, that's been a thing for me is just like, I'm looking at worship music. I'm not a full-time worship minister, you know, but uh, it's just like, I'm looking at these worship songs and like for me to sing even the we mm -hmm. for me personally in my own like devotional time as i'm singing we it's like it, right. it, it hits me differently so instead of instead of me being so focused on my experience of god it's about what god has done through the community one of the one of the when you think about cultural intelligence and i'm kind of i'm, I'm kind of mm -hmm. changing things around here now but when you think about different cultures uh one of the continuum or continua i guess i should say that are that are used there is is this idea of individualistic versus communal cultures. Mm -hmm. And there's some cultures that lean more toward the communal and there's some that lean more toward the individual. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess one of the things that I think hinders us when we read the Bible is we live in the United States. I was going to say North America, but I, you know, I don't know if I even want to speak for <laughs> the entire continent. Um, <laughs> Please but, don't. <laughs> but in the United States, at least we live in an individualistic culture. Um, you know, th this, this idea that, you know, we, we're, we're <laughs> kind of on our own. We're, we're proud. We're independent. You know, mm -hmm. this is, this is a part of our founding stories and um, kind of the, the hero myths, you know, um, right. You know, the, the, the tall, tall tales are all about these, you know, settlers on their own doing their, you know, their, right. their thing. And, and, and so, so it's, it's, it's a big thing for us rather than, than the communal. And um, I, I think that what the, the church in, in the context of the ancient world was very much about community and, and about, about this. So let's talk about salvation because that's my second thing is basically saying what we mean when we talk about salvation. And I think we kind of have this idea, um, but the word salvation is used a lot in the Old Testament, uh, and and it is used up through the early part of the New Testament, I think, in a way that's different than we usually use the word. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and I'm going to show you this in, 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 by looking at Zechariah, Luke chapter 1, okay? Okay. Luke chapter 1. Zechariah, you might remember, is John uh, the Baptist's father. He struck mute. He's, he's a priest. He's... Uh, praying, I think, for a child because his wife's barren, Elizabeth's barren, ends up having, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, his, an angel appears to him basically and, and answers his prayer uh, while he's uh, he's at the altar of incense in the temple. So he's struck mute for a period of time until the child is born, and they they ask him what what do you want his name to be, and then we have Zachariah speaking this prophecy and i want you to listen very carefully to it uh, i find it really interesting starting in verse 67 this is the luke chapter one his father zachariah was filled with the holy spirit and prophesied okay mm -hmm. so what he's speaking here is by the holy spirit and prophecy praise be to the lord the god of israel because he has come to his people and redeemed them i want to come back to the word redeemed in a minute he has raised up for us a horn of salvation for us in the house of, of his servant David, as he said through the holy prophets of long ago, probably referring all the way back to 1 Samuel chapter 7, the prophecy there, we'll talk about another day, salvation from our enemies. Hmm. So saving there means saving from the hand of the enemy and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. We talked about the covenant a little bit last, last time, the oath he swore to our father, Abraham, starting in probably, probably in Genesis 12. Here's, here's the, the oath to, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and enabled us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. So a lot of times when salvation is used in the Old Testament, and even here where Zechariah, when he says salvation, he's not using it the way that you and I would normally think about if we were in a, in a church meeting and they talk, mm -hmm. start talking about salvation. So here's my question. What do you normally think about when when you think about the term salvation? Or what is, if I ask, are you saved, what, 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 does, what does that call to your mind? 
Uh, so, I mean, historically, or what it called to my mind is, you know, place my faith in Jesus and okay. saved from my sin. Saved from sin is usually, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not criticizing that at all. But, but the word salvation, I think a lot of times is, is, is kind of small. Uh, if all we mean by it is this kind of idea, well, I've been, I've been forgiven. I've been, you know, my, my sins have been forgiven because I think if you look at the whole story that God is, is involved us in, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, this is why I said redeemed. I usually use this term redemption, uh, just because I think saved carries lots of connotation. So, so in, in, when we think of it in this way, a lot of times I think it's where it gets us into theological problems. A lot of those differences, I think, um, if we didn't think about it in this way. So so we'll talk about saved as a one time, like, like somebody might say to me, when were you saved? Or where were you saved? Mm-hmm. And they mean by that, at some point you made some kind of a decision and, and mm-hmm. some kind of public declaration know, declaration or you know whatever i was saved in that little church down the road you know you, you i mean you hear people talk about yeah. this in this mm-hmm. way a, a lot so um there are places and i'm not saying that we don't see this kind of thing you know acts especially you got you know uh, the lord added to the church daily as many as were being saved right mm-hmm. so 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 this idea of of you know being saved is not not a bad term. My point is, I don't know that it's only talking about this initial um, response to the the gospel message. Uh, I I think in its big term, and and I'll again I'll use the term redemption maybe to to help us kind of separate this. Redemption, I think, is a bigger idea, not just me being saved from my sin, but it's about God, and again, think of this communally, not just individually, right? right. Mm-hmm. But God bringing together this community of people that are partnering with Him in in restoring creation to what He intended it to be. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's how I would define salvation. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, it's not just what God is doing to me. Or, or even worse, God did to me. <laughs> it's it's a participatory. It's what God is doing through me. Mm-hmm. Okay, how he and, and so now, if we think of salvation in that way, let's go back and read those Philippian passages again. Philippians chapter one. I thank my God every time I remember you. This is verse three. In all my prayers for you, I always pray for you because of your partnership. Okay. Paul's really big about this. In second in Second Corinthians, he probably makes the best example of this, where he says, "You have been reconciled, and you've been given the ministry of reconciliation." Okay, you have been reconciled to Christ to God through Christ, and you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, you are now working toward. You're making this appeal: be reconciled to God. Okay, so so God is 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 has worked in Christ and continues through the gospel to bring creation back into right relationship with Him, to to put it under His lordship and to make it what it was intended to be, and when we participate in that, or how would I say this, when we respond to that, what we're called to is a, is like you said, a participatory um, sharing in that. Okay, so he says you you've been partners in the gospel from the first day, you know, from the very first day that I shared the gospel with you. You now become participating in this, being confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. So you said, what is this good work? Well, what would your answer be now? Well, now that we've had this conversation, like participating in the his work of redeeming, yeah. Uh, of reconciling the, the world. The big story, I think, is is nothing less than, I would say, a restoration of the universe. Realized eschatology. Uh, I, I think, and 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 with the hope of future, you know, when it's going to be brought to completion, as he says here. Now let's look in chapter mm. 2, starting in verse 12. Yeah. Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now so much more in my absence, continue to work out your all y'all's <laughs> salvation redemption right with fear and trembling for it is god who works in you right mm-hmm. and what's he doing to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose mm-hmm. what is god trying to do restore the world and, and he's he's working in us so salvation isn't about 
me. It's about what God's doing through me in order to restore his, his, his creation, to put things uh, back, right, uh, to, to put to rights uh, as one of our uh, Tom, uh, our, 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 yeah, your your friend Tom likes to say, Tom, Tom Wright, Tom yeah. Wright, um, to put to rights, <laughs> you know, the the universe that that's been broken is 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 no longer completely under the lordship of of God. It's in rebellion to God, um, so it begins in us, and mm-hmm. and then and then salvation. I would say, <laughs> so you get what I'm saying. It's not a, it's not, you know, when were you saved? Well, mm-hmm. uh, it's an ongoing work. Right. And I'm continuing in that. Now, the other part of it, and this is this right would point this out, particularly, I think salvation was a word. It was a big word in the ancient world. Uh, savior of the world was Caesar's title. Mm-hmm. Right. There was a story of salvation that the Roman Empire carried with it. A- a- and when people declared lordship of Jesus, they were saying we are not participating in that salvation right mm-hmm. we're not depending on caesar for for being saved but we are putting our 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 trust in in jesus as lord we we are declaring him to be the lord and and the savior of the world mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and we're so so right would especially say what does that mean and you live your daily life within the roman empire how's that story different how does that look differently in the way that you you act and you live uh, as opposed to your neighbors right and so here's the application i think for us is you know in the same way we're asking that question of how is god working in us as the community of the people of god in order to bring about his rule, his, his kingdom is, is the fancy word, right? The, mm-hmm. the biblical word for it is the kingdom of God that, that Jesus announced and inaugurated. How are we carrying on that work in, in everything we say? And we talked about it before what I believe sin to be and, and, and the brokenness of the relationships between us and God, but also the, brokenness within ourselves and the brokenness with other people and and the brokenness with creation itself. Mm-hmm. And so, as I've said to you before, what I think we're doing is every day we're walking uh, in a way where we are, we are learning. Well, Paul says later in Philippians, uh, you know, join me in this task of, of, um, um, following the example of Christ, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We, 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 we want to be Christ like life giving people. Um, and so that's, that's what it means. I think when, when we talk about salvation, so one of the hmm. two things we've talked about, you know, I will, again, I've only got four things and I'm going to give you three of them in this episode. All right. So no, really, if you get this one, there's really no reason to listen anymore, but, um, nope, always listen, <laughs> never give up, never stop listening. So thinking in, in plural terms rather than the singular, when it comes to these kind of commands and these these kind of things something that we're working on together Uh, and like you said we here's why the worship music is so important is is these repeated kind of things it's shaping we uh, internalize them it's shaping our identity right is our identity the way that the neighbor you know (laughs) what would your neighbor say is salvation right um i can't believe i'm saying this but we're in the middle of a political season right now and the midterm elections coming up and you know how is our answer about salvation as as followers of jesus different than that of our neighbors right Mm -hmm. how is it different than that of caesar um and and so so we think in term in plural terms not an individualistic okay Mm -hmm. Uh, the second thing is salvation isn't a past one-time event where my sins are, are forgiven, but it is me learning how to be the person that God created me to be in holiness and in, in uh, um, you know, this, this idea of um, right relationships with one another and, and, and becoming right within myself. So here's, here's the, Final thing I was gonna gonna really say, and this is the one of the things I'm big about is sanctification. So you you ask, is this an individual thing about sanctification, sanctification or, or is it you know something? Because how I read it was like this is about their participation in the gospel and, with and, and I with I, Paul. Agree, I agree with that. I don't know how strongly we can separate mm-hmm. sanctification. Those that's gonna be my third third point. 
Uh, actually, let me well let, let me show you one thing about the individualistic before that. And and I, I gave you this quote from Romans nine. You're always in trouble when you use anything in Romans nine through eleven to explain another passage. But this is from Romans nine, and this is thinking: Is our salvation about us as individuals? And again, that's the the way we the way we, so you're, you're worried about worship. Uh, uh, songs and, and rightfully so I get worried about the way we talk about salvation mm. you know when I say oh I was saved in the past tense past tense in this location <laughs> it, it, it was an event and it is a moment is, in time and is completed mm-hmm. and, and and I think salvation is more what well it's what the Bible says <laughs> it is it is God working in us, plural, to to accomplish his good purpose. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So salvation is an ongoing act that that we are now particip- We have become a part of, right? Right. Um, here, here's here's for me the proof text of this. Just a proof text. This perfect. So <laughs> we love a good proof text here. <clears throat> so chapters nine through eleven of the book of Romans are very controversial <laughs> what but what paul is talking about here a couple of different things he, he's he's getting at but basically it has to do well you know you've you've because he's been talking about all this this blessedness we have chapter eight is just such an incredible chapter one of the most you know as many many theologians throughout history have called you know kind of the high point of the scriptures and it's it's just this incredible laying out of what god is doing in us and and just an amazing again plural not singular um but then you get chapters 9 through 11 and paul's kind of answering this question what about the israelites though what about what about Mm -hmm. these people who are jewish by birth by by abraham's descendants and paul reminds one things he does he reminds people well i you know i was born a jew (laughs) right Mm -hmm. Uh, i i come from this line but i want you to think about salvation and here's my thing for you if we think about salvation as singular as kind of this way that we often think about it today then i want you to think about what paul is saying here okay i speak the truth in christ this is starting in verse one i am not lying my conscience confirms it through the holy spirit i have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart for i could wish that i myself were cursed and cut off from christ for the sake of my people those of my own race, the people of Israel, theirs is the adoption to sonship. There's the divine glory, the covenants. Um, just given what we talked about last episode, I'll just say this quickly. There's a textual variant that covenant is singular here. And I'll tell you about textual variants another day, but uh, the covenant <laughs> the, or the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, the promise, theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry, the Messiah, who is God over all forever praised. Amen. Now, here's here's my thought with this, is if individual, uh, my, my individual salvation is, is God's highest aim, then how are we to make sense of what Paul is saying here? If the Israelites would come to know God, I would myself be cursed and cut off from Christ. He's saying it is it is so much more important for God's work to be ongoing than for me individually to be to be saved mm-hmm. in, in the way that we often use that term. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So this, yeah, you, you seem seem like you're. Well, I'm 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 just processing yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, I'm just tr- I'm just trying well, to help, process. Help here. me help me see what 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 are you thinking what yeah so what you're saying here you know paul is saying like it's better for him individually to not have salvation as we would use it historically like with christ than for for than for the people of god not yes israelites exactly do you see what i'm saying yeah Yeah. and yet for christian for many of us well i want to be careful but but sometimes we we're in danger of making christianity all about my ticket to heaven mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying yeah and every <laughs> we almost say it the other other way around everything else can be cursed right as long as i'm on i'm on the bus mm. and paul's saying it's like everybody else can go to perdition <laughs> Uh, as long as I'm as as long as I have my ticket punched to heaven, mm-hmm. and Paul's saying quite the opposite. 
if it meant that God's work in his people could be ongoing and increased, I, I would be cursed and cut off from Christ. So you see how he's changed the mm-hmm. the, the emphasis. Uh-huh. And again, I think if we could grasp that, it would be very powerful for us in the church that that our our personal um, right standing before God isn't the ultimate. Now it's a part of what God's doing. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not trying to right. We're not to, to diminish it. But but do you see what I'm saying? Is like the, the greater mission is the continuing of God's kingdom, is, not my personal salvation. So, yes. So salvation is this work of redemption of what God is doing in me. Mm-hmm. It's the ministry of reconciliation that I've been given because I've been reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. So so I think sanctification then is where the last thing I wanted to to go and I, and I think we can't cut that off. I think it's a part it's a part and parcel of this work of salvation. Um and, and here's maybe why I feel so strongly about this. I've said this before is kind of and again you know I, this is what i picked up when i was a kid growing up in, in in a church in southern indiana is justification i didn't know that was the term for it but this idea of being saved right being right with god and doing making sure i did the right things working out my salvation in fear and trembling uh-huh. to make sure that i was on the bus to heaven right mm-hmm. that 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 was the focus and so as long as I punched the right buttons and I did the right thing, you know, I, I, I said the right words and, and, and all of that, then, then that was, that was it. Um, and, and again, I would call that now justification, which is fantastic. And again, to, to, to reference Romans eight, it, it's, it's being declared not guilty, guilty, right? There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. But then Paul goes on to say, but now if you have the spirit of Christ in you, uh, you don't live in order to, to gratify the, the, the flesh, right? You live in step with the spirit of God. And living in step with the spirit of God, that's, that's actually Galatians 5. I'm preaching through Galatians right now, so that's on my mind. But however you want to think about that, when we talked about the Holy Spirit, I said this is the primary work of the Holy Spirit in us is sanctification, that, that he is working to make us the people that we were intended to be. So that's a part of that work of salvation, hmm. ongoing work of salvation, okay? Yeah. So we have been reconciled to God, justified, whatever, whatever are the words you want to – and again, I, I'm not trying to avoid the word saved. It's just, again, I think we carry lots of baggage with it. And and has much probably to do with the early revivalism in the United States. Well, we'll talk about that another day. But, um, but but this idea that we've been we have been redeemed, mm-hmm. and and we're now working. Or not, that's actually not correct. God is working in us in order to affect His redemption. Right, mm-hmm. big big, you know, big picture. So that has to do with all those broken relationships. You know, we've been reconciled with Him, but now He sanctification is a big part of how he's making us Christ-like. He's mm-hmm. making us the people that we are intended to be. You, you know, yeah. Well, I always think, you know, again, like I always think of sanctification as like, it's about me, but sanctification is as yep. much about me redeeming the world yep. at the same time. You know what I mean? Like it's, it is. We, we've, we've made it also in, internalized. Yep. I, yeah, it's not, you know, in discipleship, people say, oh, discipleship, and is <laughs> I'm not diminishing discipleship either, but it's it's not an end in itself, right? It's it's us becoming these people. God created us for community, right? He he mm-hmm. created us in this in this way, and and so it's it's us learning how to be right with one another. That's why I think the plural is so important. I, I don't know that we can Oh boy, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. Say it. I don't know Say that we can be saved on our own. You, you know. Uh, mm. In fact, Paul says so much in in in, in the book of Romans uh, a little bit later. What we were saying there in chapter nine, where he says, "How can someone believe unless someone preaches to them?" Right. We always need one another, and he he goes on to say, "How can someone preach unless they're sent?" <laughs> right. Yeah. So so we're all involved in this in this ongoing 
work of redemption, the power is God at work within us. I mean, that's that's the the Holy Spirit working through us to to bring about yep. that redemption in the yep. world. And so so He's transforming us to be more Christ like. We are created in His image. Right, and that image has been marred by our our rebellion and our brokenness and our sin, uh, and, and he is he is renewing us. He's trying to make us. He's trying to uh, help us realize what it would be like to be at peace with ourselves. Mm-hmm. But be, and, and again, <laughs> for becoming, the purpose of yeah, but becoming Christ-like isn't just a me thing. It's it's an outward expression G- at the same time. Jesus was not. He, he cloistered. was not, exactly. He was not very selfish, right? Now there are times, and you say he wasn't cloistered. I mean, there are times he said he went to a solitary place mm-hmm. to pray, and I think that was a necessary part uh, of maintaining that that rightness within himself. But it's so that he could be a life giving spirit. It's so that he could he could um, you know share with others this this kingdom. And, and uh, you know, I don't know how you want to, want to think about it or talk about it, but yeah, it's all part of the same thing. It's not an isolated, you know, I don't think you can separate it. And I guess maybe the other side of it, to say it strongly this way, was to say we're not going to be able to do that work of reconciliation unless we are being sanctified. <laughs> Right. We mm-hmm. can't we can't participate in this work unless it begins, you know, begins in mm-hmm. us. He who began the good work in all y'all uh, will carry it on. Right. Including this idea uh, of being the you know, made put back in your right minds, you know, so hmm. this is a good one, Brian. Oh, well, I don't know. I just gave you three quarters of there's Eeyore. <laughs> Eeyore. I, I gave you three quarters of everything I know in in one episode. Well, it was it was really good. Like I'm, you're an excellent teacher, and I, no. I I think, but I think you know, again, thinking like even that Philippians passage and tying those two things together. Sure. So right now, in our small group, we're going through First Peter, and there's just like we're in that opening section. It's like yep. oh, but that ties like look here yep. later. Like it's it's so easy for us again if we read small sections, yep. not to see like oh, this actually connects to something yep. else, and so to see that. And, and I appreciate that Zechariah, that salvation thing. I yeah. think that's a big, yeah, that's a big thing. You know, we come in with these preconceived uh, definitions, sure. and then that influences how we read. And then you, plural, <laughs> you yeah. know, like oh, I mean, you, it, and I know I've jumped up and down on that a lot, but I think I think I mean I've said this in class. You know, that idea of our kind of our limited view of salvation and this idea of a very individualistic understanding of the gospel has really harmed has really harmed the work you know of the kingdom so excellent well this was good good i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah absolutely well we hope you all that are listening as well enjoyed and if you'd like you can join us on patreon if you'd like to support the work of it and we will be back next week we need your partnership in oh shit Whoa, let's not go too far. Yeah, to we carry could, on to completion. Yes, the care and completion. I tell you what would help us though is it share it, share it. If yeah. you if you think this was helpful to you, if you think somebody needs to hear this, yes. <laughs> if you think I've, got, I've got a podcast you need to listen to. Yes, yes, so. yeah, that'll help you. Um, yeah, so yeah, we'd appreciate you sharing and sure. and if you're loving it let us hear we'd love to hear from you um you can send us a message on the website as well or on social media we'd love to hear from you so we will uh we'll chat with you all next tuesday all right see See you bye